Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the show. This is my rational perspective on Chelsea 4, Preston nil. Um, I, of course, in the end, it's a, it's a brilliant win. And thank you for watching live. If you're listening back a little bit later, I personally feel that I, I was very concerned in that first half. And we will get to my criticisms of the first half that I, I personally thought was was pretty poor, pretty lethargic not the the sort of performance that I wanted to see from Chelsea, especially when Pochettino was so much about, I'm putting out a really strong team tonight and I want to see, uh, we're treating this like a Premier League game and, and I didn't see that reaction from the players. I, I saw a team that looked like it was maybe trying to conserve energy for midweek against Middlesbrough and I personally felt that, you know, Chelsea are putting themselves in a dangerous position here because if they don't, bring up the tempo you know you're always one set piece away you're all you know you're always an individual mistake away from that game turning in the opposite direction and Chelsea maybe getting a cup shock today but then obviously in the second half we saw a complete change from Chelsea three goals in 11 minutes completely altered the game completely killed Preston who up to that point had done a pretty good job nullifying Chelsea but once Chelsea finally kicked up that gear and started playing like a Premier League team, started getting the ball out wide, some of the quality really showed. And um, for individuals today, I thought there were some big personal moments for them. And that's obviously important. So really happy, right? And we know how big this competition is for Chelsea, like the Carabao Cup that we have the semi-final for in midweek. We know that for Chelsea, getting into the next round staying alive in these competitions when we don't have European football can maybe bring a sense of uh, solace and, and achievement in a season that I think at times is threatened to go in negative directions. But I do want to point this out. I mean, it's now six wins in our last nine games. You know, when, when you look at stats like that, 
that's not to say there aren't criticisms. That's not to say everything's happy and rosy and perfect and there aren't ways we can criticise the club and criticise some dreadful performances within that run of games. But, you know, if you consider this was a team earlier in the season who maybe were playing better, but actually not getting the results that maybe merited some good performances. I mean, we are in, I think, a different stage here where they are starting to pick up wins. And of course, FA Cup, now going to the next round. This is my review of Chelsea 4, Preston nil. Please do give the stream a like. If you're watching on X, which you can do at Son of Chelsea, please repost. Please give me your thoughts on the game. Who is your man in the match? If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. Got a comment here from another Daniel. Uh, greatness in names here. Uh, just asking me in the comments here, if there's one thing you can bring up, please let it be the BBC commentator. My God, the guy was doing my head in all game. Never heard some someone heard uh, heard someone hate Chelsea as much as this guy. I got to be honest with you, mate. I I stopped. I, I really didn't listen to commentary at all, um, and I sort of tweeted this out. I to be honest, sometimes when I'm not at the game, obviously I I go back and forth with commentary. I there's there's parts of it that really irritate me. And when I found out it was Jonathan Pierce, I sort of forgot because I, I sort of put on the the sound during halftime on the BBC iPlayer because they played some highlights of the other FA Cup games that I wanted to catch up on that I didn't watch today. And he start he starts talking about Mark Lawrenson. He goes on this tangent about Preston and Liverpool, but then he goes to Mark Lawrenson and he starts speaking about what Lawrenson is like in a pub. I mean, what are we doing? That's not that that bears no relevance to the game. So I turned it off again. So I'm sorry for those who you can mute the commentary. I know that's kind of sacrilege, but I'm someone I got this off Alex Stewart from TIFO that I, you know, I personally feel that maybe muting commentary sometimes helps. But listen, the second half was pleasurable enough, whether you're watching it with commentary or not. I'm sure it didn't ruin the experience totally. So let's go into the starting 11. So I, I felt that it wasn't a shocking starting 11. Um, I think the big positive for me was that Alfie Gilchrist got his start. His positioning in the team was not preferable for me, and we'll get into that. Uh, but at the same time, he got the start that I think many of us were calling for after his good cameo appearances off the bench, which was good. And then the rest of the team was kind of expected. We had finally had Levi in a left centre-back position. Axel Dezassi, uh, Malo Gusto playing on the left. I've got quite a bit to say about Malo Gusto positive in this game. Enzo, Casado, Palmer, uh, Sterling on the on the right, Mudrik on the left, and then Armando Breuer expectably up top. As I s said, and and I think no one will disagree with me. I, I don't I don't think anyone would disagree with me on this. The first half was, I said this half time was insulting. I think in terms of you know it, the the exciting thing about this cup game in the way the tickets work at Chelsea is that it maybe gives the opportunity for some who don't go to Stamford Bridge pretty regularly. I wasn't there tonight, for instance, to go to Chelsea, to experience Chelsea. For some people, it may have been their first game tonight. And that performance in the first half when they put out a strong team was just unacceptable. I don't know if it's complacency which has always been something thrown at this Chelsea team especially at Stamford Bridge against a low block a team that isn't going to commit many men forward but this is not a heavily rotated team this is a team that has a majority of players that played regularly for Pochettino over the past month so I there can't remain many excuses of you know a lack of match sharpness you look at the majority of that team that played tonight were players that we put in that in that first team on a regular basis so for me it's not 
I, I, you know, I personally don't think that that for me was was a good enough excuse. And it was just the it was the lethargic tapping the ball from side to side, window wiper, um, and, and you know, cleaning a window type football. It's just, I, I just really for me it was it was a concern because it, it looked like Chelsea were drifting into an area where we really didn't want to. When I always feel like this, given that we got Man City in both first rounds of the the cups last year this is a great opportunity to yeah rotate give some new faces minutes but then also for some players to get themselves back into form to give them a platform against championship opposition to really gain some confidence because we're playing another championship team in the week against Middlesbrough that's a very big game because it is a semi-final so you want Chelsea to continue that good momentum that we have had in recent weeks and um, I just I felt that it was a waste of 45 minutes I thought other than the Enzo Fernandez pass, which was brilliant to Cole Palmer, I even think Cole in that moment was just a little bit too arrogant, a little bit too casual. And it and it signaled to me a team that was kind of just wanting to kind of just cruise through this game. And I guess in the end they did. But, you know, for me, it was it was about that intensity. You still got to have that level of intensity, even as we saw in the second half, the quality gap between these two teams was obvious. The moment Chelsea got into, not even in their best, but got into some gear, Chelsea blue Preston away but you it was that complacency that I think was a concern to me but in the second half Chelsea did pick it up and it didn't require Pochettino to make four or five subs um firstly Armando Breuer it's um there's kind of two players win this Armando Breuer it, he had to score tonight I think I, I think he had to make an impression on this game it's his first start since Nicholas Jackson has gone out to AFCON he really needs to assert himself over the next month, especially now Christopher Nkunku has come back. There's going to be rumours throughout the whole of this month regarding if Chelsea are going to sign a striker or not. So really, it was it was imperative that I think Breuer scored in some, and someone in the comments here, Andrew, asking me how big of a goal this will be for Breuer. I, I think it hopefully will be big. It was the type of striker goal that I love to see. Um, and for him, he clearly enjoyed it. It was a massive moment. He hasn't scored many goals for Chelsea, barely any. I think one of the other ones he did score was at Stamford Bridge um, against Wolves, wasn't it, last season? So he scored one against Fulham earlier this year. I'm maybe blanking on another one. But, you know, he hasn't scored a lot of goals and he hasn't been a, a regular first team player. So I hope for him. I, I felt that some of his first half play, some of his link up wasn't awful. It was just that at times, and I thought this was just a, a general thing, Chelsea just, there was a moment, especially even in the second half, early in the second half, where Breuer got the ball and he could have turned and ran into the box. And he just was like, no, I'm going to play the safe pass. I think in, that, in those moments, Breuer's got to be a lot better. And he could have scored a second. He went around a goalkeeper, maybe should have taken that first time rather than trying to be a little bit too clever. It did feel once Chelsea were like two or three nil up, they were kind of trying to walk it into the goal because the jeopardy, wasn't was kind of gone out the game Chelsea were obviously going to win it but you know other than that I you know I was pretty happy for Breuer that he scores that goal and hopefully it gives him that confidence I suspect he starts in midweek we'll have to see how Nkunku's doing um in terms of fitness he didn't come off the bench tonight um so or at least he he was going to be barely involved and Pochettino said as much pre-game didn't he so I think for him it was big the other part of this goal that I want to point out is that is Malo Gusto. Malo Gusto for me, of course, plays in the, the ball that opens the game, effectively wins the game for Chelsea. It really changes the game. And I just think that Malo, you know, he played on the left um, for most of this game and then he did move over to the right after some subs were made um, after Chelsea scored their first and second. And 
you know, I, I just, I make this point on, on X. I, I'll make this point here as well. I just think Malo is exactly what we wanted him to be when we bought him almost a year ago, wasn't it? And we knew he'd be coming in in the summer, right? And I feel that, you know, we, we speak so often about Chelsea, this current ownership, their lack of transfer strategy, their lack of ability to maybe identify the right players. That's a very Chelsea thing of feeling like the value of the what we pay for players. We're not actually getting that value in the first team. But Gusto has absolutely been that for Chelsea. He was a he was a hole that we needed to fill or just a, a backup that we desperately needed, a competent backup because of Reese James' injury problems. And I feel that what we've seen is that versatility and that ruggedness and how quickly he's adapted to Premier League football. And you see these moments of quality, right, where even in an unfavoured position, he's impacting the game. You know, and, and it's why over the summer when we were speaking about Cesar Aspilicueta's legacy that, and Jose made this quote years ago, didn't he? He was like, I, if I could have 11 Cesar Aspilicueta's, I think they'd win the Champions League. And, you know, I if we can sign more staves, which is kind of hard to do, especially with his longevity, but if you can sign just competent, consistent, versatile players, I don't, I'm not sure if Malo Gusto, dependent on what happens with Reese James for the rest of his career, is ever going to be the star, maybe right back, or or be the kind of the one of the best right backs, kind of aesthetically, or maybe one of those players compared to say Trent, right? When Dave was at fullback for Chelsea in his pomp, I mean we, the fullbacks were still looked at kind of differently than they are today. But Gusto is a tried and trusted player. He's a younger player, but he's someone that did have substantial experience before he joined Chelsea, and it does seem to be that adaptation from. Liga to to the Premier League is a lot better. It seems like there is a similarity in physicality between French football and the Premier League. I haven't made that point. Joe Tweedy's been making that point for a number of years. Probably Seb C makes that point as well. I, I'm not I'm not going to claim that I've just made some revelation, but other people have said that before me. But I think there is evidence there with the likes of Malo Gusto. Um, and I think he deserves his flowers tonight because you know, I think he's just he just looks like for me exactly what I wanted from him as a signing. And he's going to be playing a lot of football. And I just hope that he stays fit because I think he'll be an important player for Chelsea. He may, you know, he's. I don't think he'll be like a Cole Palmer. I don't think we'll be sat here going all the time because he's not an attacker, right? You won't be sat here going Malo Gusto. Oh, wow, what, a, what an incredible player. But I think you need those kind of just durable, hardworking, versatile, rugged players who maybe work harder for other players, allow other players to shine. And I think Malo Gusto is that type for Chelsea. Then we move on to the third goal. Oh, sorry, the second goal. Uh, Thiago Silva comes off the bench for Alfie Gilchrist. They kind of have another reshuffle in defence. Alf, I know someone asked this in the chat as well. My thought on the academy lads tonight. Alfie, I thought, had some good moments. I thought he he, he had some moments where... He very much showed that intensity, especially when it was lacking in the first half. But I just felt his positioning just hurt him a little bit personally. Um, I, I think that the the issue in that aspect was that you needed in that position a bombing fullback, especially against a low block. And Gilchrist is not that player. He's clearly a defender. He's clearly someone who wants to sit back. He's clearly someone that wants to get involved in physical challenges. There was a few runs he made in the game, but you know it wasn't... You know, it wasn't anything like that you'd sort of even compare to what Malo Gusto could provide you or a more natural fullback could provide you in that position. So it maybe wasn't the perfect night for Alfred Gilchrist, but he didn't make any mistakes. 
He looked assured. He looked, you know, compared to the mistakes that I, I thought Axel Dazassi looked like a complete mess in that first half. I mean, he was giving the ball away. He looked, you know, just didn't look like a player in control of his actions, you know. And, and again, we, we talk about the comparison between players, right? You, you, what your expectation level for Axel Dazassi is should be a lot higher than what your expectation level for Alfie Gilchrist should be based on those two players, based on what what it costs Chelsea to buy Dazassi in the summer. And um, I think if you compare those two, then actually Gilchrist comes out a lot better. And in terms of later on, it was nice to see David Washington come on for Chelsea. And yeah, that's, you know, I think that's what these these games should be you see the likes of Alfie Gilchrist you see the likes of David Washington you see the likes of you know Michael Golding late on um it was interesting that he you know took off Enzo Fernandez probably readying him for for the midweek against uh, Middlesbrough and he nearly scored himself I mean he had a chance Madawake had a chance that was saved and it rebounded and maybe just a lack of conviction in that moment from a young player, kind of in the spotlight at Stamford Bridge. Maybe a more composed player is putting that in the back of the net. Especially, it's tough to judge David Washington and Michael Golding because they're late on in the game. The game's effectively dead. I think we can make more of a firm judgment on Alfie Gilchrist, who got a substantial period of time and also is someone that has been in and around the first team, has actually been getting first team minutes. I mean, David Washington has been on a lot of benches this season, but he hasn't got a lot of minutes, has he? I think Brentford was maybe the last time he came off the bench, you know, back in October. So so for them, this is what it should be. You hope in, in Monday's draw, Chelsea get a favourable fourth round, maybe another championship team where maybe there's a, a need for more rotation uh, and just gives more opportunities to these players. But it's, I think it's, it's more difficult this year because Chelsea don't have European football. So I feel like these games are less likely to see that, that mass rotation that you would um, in a season where we would have Champions League or some form of European football where, where maybe the demand would be higher on those players and then they would get a few more starts. But it is what it is. And then, of course... Rounding off with those three goals in 11 minutes was Raheem Sterling. Um, get out of the way. It's an incredible free kick. It really is. Uh, he It was very similar to the one he scored against Newcastle earlier in the season. And Sterling adds another goal to his list. Um, of, of uh, my, my frustration with Sterling is that you can't argue against the numbers. And I am someone that's very passionate about the productivity matters output matters and because we've seen so often Chelsea attackers not provide not provide that output on a consistent basis and what I wanted to see from Sterling last season that we didn't get that we are getting this season if you just look at the numbers he's right up there with Chelsea's best performing attackers and that was added to tonight but I can't get away from the fact there are things within his performances that still frustrate me um, like a few weeks ago against Wolves, maybe a lack of, um, you know, humility or just looking out for a teammate when a goal's got to be there. A sluggishness tracking back that I think has been prevalent so far this season that's really frustrated me. It was, it was never going to be exposed that much tonight, was it? I mean, let's be honest, it was Preston. They were never going to offer the things that a higher quality Premier League team are going to do going the other way. But at the same time, it's things like that where and maybe a lack of conviction, a lack of decision-making. Maybe at times it doesn't feel like maybe Sterling, he goes through a lot of dips within games and then he can pop up because he does have experience and quality that few players have to score a goal like that. But it's just, it's it's a weird 
contradiction. He is miles better than some of the attackers we've had in recent years. Again, looking at numbers. Uh, but I feel that Sterling should be a flag bearer. He should be the Thiago Silva of this attack. He should be the player leading others. And I'm not... I mean, maybe he is internally, maybe behind the scenes, he is that to players. I wouldn't be surprised if if some of those young attackers are, you know, Cole Palmer played with uh, Raheem Sterling at, at Man City. I'm sure he looks up to him. I'm not saying that Sterling is like a bad influence or anything. It's just on the pitch from, from the performances I see, I don't, I would like to see more all-round performances from him. Um, and, and I, you know, I might... I think he'll start probably in midweek now, but, you know, there are still other players I'm probably more excited to watch, like Noni Manawake, who came off the bench. We did get we did get a fourth goal um, after what felt like a complete waste of everyone's time with VAR. Enzo puts it in the back of the net after a ricochet inside the box, and um, he was quite adamant that he was onside. But then we have the classic VAR waiting and waiting and waiting and it just it it really it's insulting you know it, it's insulting when you're watching it from home but i know firsthand inside the stadium var is absolutely a tragic and even more insulting experience for supporters and it should it just should not take that long um and listen if it, the goal for enzo is nice it was nice to see how everyone celebrated with him you know this is a guy who has maybe gone through some difficulty in recent weeks with his own fitness. And we saw him coming off in tears against the, I think it was a Newcastle game, wasn't it? And there was concerns about whether he was going to be out for an extended period of time. He um, He's a player that I hope will have a really good second half of the season and maybe contribute a few more goals. Uh, but then it, it was 4-0. We got it. Chelsea have made it six wins in nine. We're through to the fourth round of the FA Cup once again. Last year was uh, an anomaly, really. Chelsea quite regularly get this type of opponent in the third round at Stamford Bridge, and we quite regularly beat them in the third round of the FA Cup. And we've done so again here. So we move on to midweek where we face Middlesbrough. Oh, I, I do expect some changes, but with Chelsea and injuries, all of that good stuff, we know how we know how sort of uh, unpredictable it can be i mean i it, someone's just asked me there in terms of against Borough, what will the lineup be i it's hard to say right now i i don't think it will be dissimilar to this one i think silver will come back into the defense um i think malo gusto will move over to right back i, I think it's more likely that levi moves over to left back but then you do have that problem of benoit badishaw being out but i just think that silver and Dezassi will stay as the back two. I mean, he's been playing that back two very regularly, hasn't he? I think Enzo Casado. Uh, I'd like to see Madawake start again. I thought I would have liked to have seen him start today. I thought he brought a lot of good energy late on in the game. Of course, it has opened up at that point. And again, game state, it's basically a dead game at that point. But I would like to see Madawake start. I think he's deserved to start another game. And probably Sterling over Mudrick. Mudrick didn't really do anything tonight. So he'll probably go to Sterling on the left, Palmer in the middle, up top. I mean, to me, I think if Nkunku's fit, I would be very excited to see Nkunku start. But if he's not really there, then he may go with Breuer again. And, and, you know, is it right to then keep Breuer on, try and get that momentum building even more as we build up to next weekend's return of the Premier League against Fulham? Let me know your thoughts. Let me know who, who your man of the match was. If you're watching this live, thank you so much. Please do like the stream, share it around. If you're watching on X, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Follow me across socials at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very very soon all the best and i i did i i did have my lucky socks on tonight and this is two times now i've been wearing my lucky socks i don't think i wore them against uh luton last week and that's why chelsea nearly messed it up but we 
we'll we'll go again and hopefully Chelsea uh, can make it all the way to Wembley in the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup this season. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.